Hey everyone, welcome to our Strong Mind, Strong Body podcast. I'm your host, Angie Miller, and today we are going to talk about wellness because it's Wellness Month at NASM. And we've got some great, just quick five minute down and dirty tips to get you well. So we're going to give you a smorgasbord. You know, it's fun to go to a smorgasbord of food, but it's also fun to have a smorgasbord of wellness tips. So today on the show, I have a good friend and also a peer in the space, and her name is Mallory Fox, Dr. Mallory Fox. And Mallory is an NASM master trainer, and she's also a movement specialist from Scottsdale, Arizona, um, where I used to live. And we just talked about that. She was very close to where I used to live. I'm excited to have Mallory back on the show. So Mallory, I'm going to turn it over to you and give you a minute to say hello. Hello, everyone. And Angie, thank you so much for having me on your podcast today. I'm always so excited to chat anything health and wellness. So it's really an honor to be here. And thanks to everyone for tuning in today. Yeah, absolutely. Well, good. I'm so glad you're here. You know, I just think that during the pandemic, we are all home more than we've ever been home. I don't know about the rest of you, but I've never seen my home so much and uh, shared space and intimacy with my home as much as I do. And most of us, in fact, well, not most of us, that was a broad general statement. Many of us are still working remote. And so we, our, you know, our wellness, some of it's for some people, it's better than ever. For some people, it's not so much, but it does. It is something that I think it's worth paying attention to during this time, because at the end of the day, five minutes of wellness, what it can do just to decrease our levels of anxiety and stress, what it can do to help us regain focus and help us um, just become more relaxed. And so I think that it's really important that we just share some really good sound bites of wellness that we can all implement. And then trainers out there can go share it with their clients and their family. What do you think? I think it's so important. You touched on something that's just really important to me personally, um, how stress and change can take us, you know, to a break in our natural patterns. And I think it's safe to say that everyone in the world has experienced drastic change um, throughout the COVID pandemic. And for many people, it's an opportunity to focus more on wellness day to day. And for many people, you know, it might have completely rocked their current um, tried and true methods of wellness. Um, I know that for myself, when wellness became a topic for me, it was after a traumatic brain injury. So prior to that, I worked 12 hours a day at the gym. I lifted weights every single day. I did cardio every day. Um, I had tried mindfulness and meditation. Um, I wasn't very good at it, so I didn't do it very often. But, you know, I had a very full and a very busy life. And then I was rear-ended one day and my life went off the rails. The things that used to help me you know, feel really good every day um, that I focused on for my wellness, I couldn't do. Um, physically after my injuries. So it caused this disruption in my life. And it helped me to relate to my clients who might be going through, you know, they're going along with life, life is going pretty well, and then something happens. 
And for me, wellness is about building an arsenal of healthy habits that we can pop in as needed. We're always going to have our go-tos, our favorite ways to practice wellness, but it's so important to have a smorgasbord, as you said, of um, easy, quick, and accessible tools that we can just implement um, as needed to give some variety to change things up, as well as to just have a really well-rounded, healthy life. Yeah. You know what? You couldn't have said that better. And I'm so glad that you shared your personal story because I think that your personal story is powerful. It's really what, like you said, made you look at fitness differently, made you see that wellness does have a place. Because I think sometimes in the fitness space, we go, oh, wellness, that's so broad. What is wellness? But it really just does require a little bit of intention um, with our breath, with our body. And I think it can make a powerful difference. Um, before I headed from Chicago to Charlotte in 2018, that summer before I came, um, my husband was already here. It was a pretty stressful time. We had already sold our house. I was house sitting. That's a whole nother thing. And finishing up with my clients, finishing up at the university. And I took an eight week course through UMass on mindfulness and meditation. And it was eight weeks. It was an hour a week. And we did a lot of, um, we did a lot of full body scans, a lot of meditation, a lot of stuff that I hadn't really set intention to do for myself. And it really did shift my mind a lot. It shifted my ability to manage stress. And when I left the university and wasn't able to teach stress management anymore, I was then able to take those tools with me, but I was also able to take that, that course that I took and constantly check in with my body. And so I just, I'm glad you're here because I think you're the perfect fit for this topic. So let's deep dive. Let's start at the smorgasbord. Every time I think of smorgasbord, I think of food and it's about lunchtime. So it's just making me hungry. We, maybe we should say arsenal like what you said. So let's start with one of yours. What do you think is one of the most impactful things that you have found that increases your wellness? Well, Angie, you know, you mentioned that you taught a stress management course in college, and I wish that I could take a course like that because I think we all need some reinforcement when it comes to changing our mindset and our patterns. The number one tool that I use every day now to help me with that is mindfulness. And um, if you're listening and when you think of mindfulness, you think of like being on a beach with, you know, perfect weather, you know, 75 degrees, sunny with some clouds. <laughs> if that's what you think of when you think of mindfulness, great, that can be a form of mindfulness. But what mindfulness really is, is just taking a moment to notice life as it's unfolding around us without judging what's happening. And you know, it's easy to say that, so I'll just say it again. Mindfulness is the act of noticing what's happening without judging it. And mm -hmm. I don't know about you, but my mind is constantly judging what's happening as something that's good or something that's bad. You know, I used to think when I was um, a busy trainer, I'd have, let's say I'd have a client cancel at the last minute. And half of my brain would be frustrated because I wanted my client to come in and use my services and get their workout in. And the other part of me might be happy because I could have you know, a break during a long mm -hmm. day. But our minds are constantly, they're wired to judge an experience as good or bad. And that can really cause us to constantly react to what's happening rather than to experience it. 
So mindfulness is you know, the, the first tool that I really try to use whenever I think of it. Um, it's not a natural thing for me to do. It's not my norm by, by any means, but I try to come back to it, you know, a few times a day and just check in and notice Yeah, I think that's perfectly said. And, you know, um, in teaching stress management to those students, we did. We talked a bit about mindfulness and I hadn't even taken that course yet. And once I took it, it really um, it just it was just very transformative. But what what I want to say, too, about mindfulness, Mallory, that I think is so powerful is you use the word no judgment. And that's the number one thing is because our minds are constantly critiquing. That's just what our brains do. We, We critique. We evaluate against information that we already have. Right. Because that's how we know our world. How does this stack up with what I already know about my world and my life? But I always say that we don't see the world as it is. We see the world as we are. So what happens with that judgment is we skew um, our, our surroundings, so to speak. It's why if, um, you and I go to the same lecture and even if we're interested in the same topic, um, we're going to remember different things. We're going to take away different things because our brain is always processing and taking in information differently, but being able to be present and in the moment is a really powerful way. And we can do that with simple things like folding lottery, doing the dishes, taking note of your hands in the sudsy water, um, sitting in traffic and taking a minute just to observe your surroundings instead of thinking about where you need to be next. So it's just, it, it, you know, I think that that's one of the most powerful things we can do. Absolutely. I love that you listed just such easy, accessible ways to practice mindfulness because I used to think of it as an elaborate process. And, you know, everything that you stated, you know, taking a moment to notice, you know, water on the hands, that is mindfulness. And um, one of my favorite tips is to use one or more of the five senses to just help me uh, kind of put a brief little pause on what's happening in my mind and come back into my body and the room that my body is in. Yeah. And I love that. And, you know, I want to reintroduce you, Mallory, and then I want you to just briefly go back through that because we've talked about this exercise and, um, and I, I would love it if you would explain that, but I first want to reintroduce you. I'm talking to Dr. Mallory Fox. She's a friend. She's a, she's a, a good professional in the fitness space. And we are talking about wellness. We're giving you a wellness smorgasbord because it's wellness month at NASM. We're just talking about five minute quick and dirty tips that you can add to your day just to make yourself feel better. So, can you go through the five, four, three, two, one that you've talked about with the five senses? Sure. Yeah. This is one of the, the wellness tips that I try to practice every single day. It's a mindfulness exercise. And as long as I can remember my five senses, I can do this exercise. So um, five, you would notice five things in the space that you're in that you see with your eyes. So right now, I see Angie, I see your beautiful face. I see my um, bright green water bottle. I see my ring light. I see a big window out to the left and I see the stand that my laptop is on. So that's all you have to do. Just name five things that you see with your eyes. The next one, number four, is you notice four things that you feel your body touching. So right here, I'm feeling my feet pressing into the ground. I feel the support of my seat under my hips. I feel my spine against the wall and I feel the softness of my Lululemon 
shirt on my body. The next piece is three. You would just name three things that you hear. So I hear the sound of my own voice. Um, I hear the fan up above me, moving air through the room. And I just heard um, like a rustle of paper. The next thing is going to be to name two things that you smell. So this is usually, I have allergies. I'll usually have to take a deep breath in and really try to find something to smell. So I smell um, my hair conditioner and I smell, um, you know, just, uh, I guess I would say maybe stale air up here in this room where I'm recording the podcast. <laughs> and right there, I was really tempted to judge myself before I said it out loud. Like, I'm about to just say that I have stale air in this bedroom of my home. So again, <laughs> there's no perfect outcome with mindfulness. It's just noticing what's happening and I can catch it and kind of let it go. The final piece, the one, is to notice uh, one thing that you taste. So I had some coffee right before we started this podcast and I still taste coffee in my mouth. So that's the five. It's five things that you see with your eyes, four things that you feel making contact with your body, three things that you hear, two things that you smell, and one thing that you taste. And I love to finish that exercise by just taking a few deep breaths and trying to notice whatever I notice in that moment. Yeah, I love that. And I'm glad you went over it. I did an Instagram reel on that recently, and it doesn't exist if it's not on Instagram. So there you go. It's official now. So I'm really glad you went over that. Thank you for doing that. And it's funny. You're like, I hear paper rustling. I'm like, Mallory, that was me. So, okay. Um, so let's keep going then. Thank you so much for sharing that because mindfulness is simple. It does not need to be complicated. Just pay attention to what you're paying attention to. Be in the moment, whether you're driving, doing dishes, doing laundry, or doing your five senses. So let's move on and talk about some more things. So I was looking up some some weird ways that we can we can tap into our wellness. Literally, that was the title of one of the articles and some of the information that I was looking up. And one of the things that's always mentioned in everything you read about wellness is spend time with your pets. And I have to tell you, if you have a pet out there, I have a cat and a dog. I have little Louie and little Bodie. And you know what? They are more high maintenance than kids ever were, but they are also completely lovable and they are completely just offer unconditional love. So one of the things, you know, pets help with loneliness. Why do you think, hey, if it ever was tried and true, it was during the pandemic. What did they say that you couldn't even find cats and dogs anymore? The shelters were empty because a lot of people got COVID puppies and COVID kitties um, because pets help you. They help to appease loneliness. They help us to be able to cope better. They help us to give our, you know, we give ourselves fully to our animals, just like we did with our kids. And so anytime that we are doing good for others, we feel better, right? It's so true. Um, I'm the proud mom of two fur babies, <laughs> two puppies, and I'm feeling a little sad right now. When I do a podcast, I have to um, lock the door. I have to put a baby <laughs> gate up so that they don't come up and turn off my laptop or, <laughs> or bark really loudly. Um, but they're the light of my life and being around them more throughout the last year and a half has by far just been my favorite part of um, 
my favorite part of the last year and a half, getting to spend time with my dogs. Oh, yeah. I mean, they talk about how a lot of puppies are going to have a lot of anxiety when we go back to work because they are not used to being separated from us. I mean, mine has anxiety if I go to the mailbox. So we're going to have a problem someday. But, you know, even if you don't have an animal, my daughter just moved to a new city and she's new and she's kind of lonely. Then she's going to she's looking for a kitty. And she went to the pet shelter the other night and came home. And I talked to her an hour later and she was a completely different human being. She was laughing. She was telling me stories about the animals. And I was like, there it is. Even if we just pet someone else's animal or we go spend some time in a shelter. Um, but the other one that I want to talk about that I think besides spending time with your pets and then I'm going to have you share another one of yours, Mel, I think you've got some just some amazing tips to wellness. And one of them is journaling. And this is one of the number one things that I encourage my students to do. And I would even give them extra credit if they would engage in journaling for a period of time just to prove it's tried and true effectiveness. And for me, I've been a journaler my entire life. And so it is a really profound way for me to get what's in here out of my head and onto paper so that I can process it differently. And a lot of times for me, it's when I'm in the most amount of strong emotion and it feels uncomfortable. I open up the notes on my phone and I just purge into this note on my phone and I get it all out. And then I I no longer am wearing it and covering myself with the muck because I gave it a place to go. I can always look back on it and process it and, and really look at it and be like, Angie, are you really sure that, you know, because I can see it differently with a little bit of space between the situation. So I think journaling, it really helps us to get in touch with our fears, help to evaluate our value system, our priorities, um, our emotions. I don't know. Are you a journaler, Mallory? I'm filing away your tip to pull out your notes app and get everything out because I desperately need to do that. I always feel better when I journal, but I'm not in the habit of journaling. And um, I'm someone who tends to go over things, you know, a million times in my head. And I know that it would really help me to just get it out on paper or an electronic note and um, give myself some space from the uh, essentially hamster wheel of my head thinking through things. Mm -hmm. And I love that. I'm going to start using that today. Thank you so much for that tip, Angie. Yeah, because I think that I'm a big ruminator too. And so I think that when I get it away from me and get it onto something else, A, as I'm writing and I'm processing it and B, it just doesn't feel so weighty. It's the same thing as calling a friend, except that it's, it's, it's really just easier and more convenient. And it's really just quite effective to process it. So give us another one of your tips. What's another way that you tap into your wellness or share it with your clients? Well, a big one that I think everyone listening to this podcast will be familiar with is movement. And, you know, I used to think before my brain injury and um, I lost my eyesight in my left eye after the brain injury. Uh, before the brain injury, I ran marathons. I ran at least a few a year. There was one year where I ran 12 half marathons and a full marathon in one year. Wow. So I was used to you know, going out and hitting the pavement or going to the gym and lifting weights. And after the brain injury and losing my sight in one eye, I had a lot of balance and movement issues. So I didn't have access to that anymore. I had to really reframe how I thought of movement. 
And so, you know, the wellness tip that I have for movement is, you know, you might be in a, a movement routine that you love and consider what other types of movement might be available to you. Some days just noticing my body moving with my breath can be a way to help me practice wellness. You know, it might be taking the dogs on a walk. It might be playing with the kids. It might be, um, you know, just taking a restorative yoga class or some other type of body movement to, um, to nurture and to supplement the more hardcore type of movement that we fitness professionals tend to gravitate to. Yeah. And I'm really glad you mentioned that because I think that a lot of trainers out there are like, well, I've got the fitness piece for sure. But what about the wellness piece? And is there something else you can add into your training that would really kind of drive down your nervous system and calm you versus keeping you going all of the time? Because it's amazing what a restorative yoga class will do, or it's amazing what a walk will do. Um, and so for me, I've walked more than ever before, especially during the summer, I take a walk every night. And sometimes that is my, that's my exercise for the day. And it feels pretty darn amazing. And going back to mindfulness, I take mindful walks. Um, I just pay attention to where I'm at. Sometimes I listen to a book. Sometimes I listen to music. Sometimes I just listen to nature because, you know, it's funny. One of the wellness tips that I read about was bird song. They've done studies on how just listening to birds can really help people diminish their stress and get in touch with nature. And so I, I thought that was a cute little tip. Anytime I, I step outside, I live in Charlotte, North Carolina. I swear we have the loudest birds here I've ever I've ever heard in my life. And I step outside sometimes when I'm talking to a client because we're virtual and I have to go back in because the birds are so loud. They're disruptive, but it's so fun just to sit out there and listen to them. And it's fun to watch Bodie and Louie go crazy over the birds. <laughs> yes. You know, when you mentioned that, that brought back a memory. I had the opportunity to go to Hawaii, um, the island of Kauai. And if um, anyone who's listening has ever traveled there, um, you might remember that chickens are everywhere. And, you know, we'd keep the windows open all night. And around three o'clock in the morning, I would hear the birds, you know, the chickens waking up. And it was a really, really wonderful way to wake up. I woke up every morning just feeling, even though it was three o'clock when the birds would start singing. I woke up every morning feeling really relaxed and refreshed and, and you sharing that tip about listening to the birds just kind of helped me remember that and like, oh, that makes sense. Yeah, it really does. Think about it. If you're walking at night, I love, I love listening to the birds, but I love the crickets. I, I grew up in Iowa. So listening to the crickets is like my favorite thing in the world to listen to. I can go walk all night long and just listen to the crickets. I, I think that's an amazing, uh, amazing sound. And people are like crickets, but I think it's pretty cool. So it just always reminds me of summer nights and who doesn't love summer nights. Right. So, um, yeah. And, you know, the whole um, mindfulness thing, like we said, you know, that can be done during movement. Like you said, you can walk with mindful movement. You can do any kind of um, restorative yoga, just paying attention to your breath and your body in the moment. 
So another one in line with what we're talking about is just taking a virtual health retreat. Um, I host a virtual health retreat for um, midlife women. They're everywhere. Everyone's hosting retreats. Um, you can go to, you know, a spa in the Himalayas, but not have to go to a spa in the Himalayas. You can see Bali without having to go to Bali. You, there's so many virtual retreats now and ones that will really help you tap into your wellness. So even if you do a four hour retreat, like my, the one that I host, which is a very short retreat, some of them are full weekend long. But I think that tapping into a virtual retreat would be a really, really good way to improve your wellness because right now we're home and we can, right? Yes. And I can personally attest, I attended your virtual retreat, Andy, <laughs> and it was the best gift that I've given myself this year. Um, just setting aside that time and, and I'll share some tips of what I did for anyone who's interested in attending a virtual retreat. retreat. I set the time completely aside. So I made sure that people knew I would not be available. It's really hard for me sometimes to take time for myself. If you're listening and you relate, um, you're not alone. And so what I did is I scheduled out that time. I let my husband know I wouldn't be available to, to help with any of the little emergencies that come up um, day to day. And I just really made the intention to like fully immerse myself as if I were physically at a retreat center. And Angie, your retreat was just fantastic. And it really helped me to get clear on a few things in my life. So I highly recommend attending a virtual retreat. Yes, I do too. And if I could find one in Bali and just not have to go to Bali, I would be all there. But I want to reintroduce you. I'm talking to Dr. Mallory Fox. She is a she is just a vault of information. And she is an NASM master instructor. She is also a doctor of health sciences. She's a wellness specialist. And we're talking about wellness. We're talking about just simple down and dirty tips, a smorgasbord of wellness tips that you can add to your everyday life. So if you're just tuning in, and, you know, hit the rewind button and come back and listen to some of our tips because Mallory did a great mindfulness exercise. We are talking about the breath. We're talking about journaling. We're talking about taking a virtual retreat. Um, I want to I want to name one. Um, here we go. How about talk to yourself? I know there's research out there that says that if you talk to yourself, it makes you feel better. And I'm big one on talking to myself. So I'm, I find myself quite entertaining. I walk around and talk to myself. It helps me process. Does anybody else out there talk to themselves? Do you talk to yourself, Mallory? I do. And actually, um, you know, one of the things that mindfulness has helped me realize is, is my self-talk helping me or is my self-talk hurting me? Yes. So I love that you brought that up because we all talk to ourselves, whether we know that we do or whether we aren't aware that we do. You know, it's that little voice that, you know, might be telling you that you need to, you know, work a little bit harder in the gym. It's that little voice that might be um, kind of pulling you down when you're already struggling. I know that for me, I had a lot of negative self-talk prior to my accident. And actually, as I was recovering from my accident, you know, that little voice that would compare the new me to the old me. And so I think it's really important to notice self-talk and then, you know, one tip, and I'll say this too, negative self-talk is very common. The brain is much more likely to have a negative thought versus a positive thought. 
one of the tips that I like to share with people um, when you notice an automatic negative thought is to find an affirmation or a way to positively encourage yourself. It can be a really powerful tool as relates to the mindset. I can't, you know what, I I couldn't have said that better. And I'm really glad you talked about that because you're absolutely spot on. We talk to ourselves whether we know it or not. All day long, we have inner dialogue that goes on. And I talk a lot about that with clients is what is your negative inner critic saying? What is that inner dialogue? What's the radio uh, song that you keep playing on the radio over and over again? And so we just have to first pay attention to what we're paying attention to. What are these thoughts that keep going, that you keep repeating to yourself because we start to buy in and believe them. But every time we feel something, it doesn't mean it's a fact. And every time we think something, it doesn't mean it's a fact. And so sometimes we just have to reprocess it and say, okay, I need an affirmation and I need to give myself permission to say, okay, I know I've got this negative self-talk, And is there something I could say to myself that might put me in a better space? Is there a way I can reframe this? Yes. It's such a, that's probably the most important mindset tool that I have in my, in my arsenal or my smorgasbord. It's to notice how I'm speaking to myself. And then, you know, I tend to, I'll just be really open here. I tend to be really hard on myself. I, historically was a straight A student. I was always doing extracurricular activities and there was an expectation of myself to be the best in everything that I tried to do. And in a lot of ways that worked out really, really well for me. And in a lot of ways, um, it was very hard on me mentally and emotionally. So one of the affirmations that I go to is just reminding myself I'm doing the best I can. And I'll say that as many times as I need to say it um, to just give myself that little reminder. And an affirmation is as simple as saying I am and then filling in the blank with however you want to show up at that moment. So it just needs to be said in the first person um, like it's happening right now. And there's no right way to make an affirmation. It's just kind of giving yourself whatever encouragement, support, or compassion that you might need at that moment. Yep. I love that. And going back to the judgment, not judging ourselves for our thoughts. Our brain just processes this information. And in some ways, this negative inner dialogue is part of our stress response. It's meant to protect us. And, but that doesn't mean that we can't come up with an affirmation or a way to reframe it or say something more kind and gentle to ourselves. Um, Mallory is actually a friend who I called a couple of days ago because I struggle severely with perfectionism and um, wanting to over deliver and putting myself in this almost paralyzed state. And so it, it helps to call a friend who has that same struggle so that you can kind of take each other and talk each other off of a ledge. And that's one of the things that I would say is when you do pay attention to your inner dialogue, you just have to ask yourself, is this something I would say to a friend? (laughs) I mean, is this something I would say to my mother? So um, yeah, I'm glad you brought that up. I love that question. And that's another one that I'm going to write down as soon as we finish this conversation, uh, because yeah, would you say that harsh thing that's going on in the mind? Would you say that to a friend? And um, there are many things I say to myself that I would not say to a friend, that I would not even think about a friend. So thank you. That's such a great little prompt that can help interrupt the negative thought patterns and 
and redirect, redirect yeah. the mental energy. Absolutely. So Mallory, let's keep going with our smorgasbord of wellness. Let's, we, we've got a few more we want to get in here. And one of them is declutter. And I've talked about this. This is a big one that I, I taught when I taught stress management. And it's, I, I abide by this. If you want to hire me to come declutter your home, I would do it for free. It makes me that excited. I love to declutter. I love to clear stuff out. So you will find I'm a minimalist until it comes to close. Let's not go there. But I don't like to keep a lot of stuff around. Okay. And so declutter, live with less. If not live with less, then make sure your space is clean so that your brain has time to think, you know, what's before I end the day, I always have to clean off my desk. I have to do my dishes before I go to bed. My pillows have to be straightened. I don't want to wake up to yesterday's mess, but decluttering is massive. How about you? Are you a collector or a declutterer, Mallory? <laughs> I am a collector and my husband is a declutterer. Ah! <laughs> So we actually have this conversation in our home a lot. And um, I really admire people who naturally love to declutter. Um, I don't. And so that's an area that I am looking to grow in. I know that when my space is clean, I, you know, do feel better. I just don't love the act of, you know, decluttering things myself. Okay. Well, you know what? That's what friends are for. So anytime next time I come to Arizona, I'm on it. All right. I love it. <laughs> and I don't have any attachment to your stuff. So it's going to be so easy for me to get rid of it. Right. Um, so, you know, another one that I have is I have a word of the day. So sometimes people have a word of the week, but I say have a word of the day. So whatever you wake up with, whether your word is, um, whether your word is energy, maybe your word is acceptance. Maybe your word is um, love. I don't know. Have a word of the day. Use that word throughout the day and put it out there. Put out that energy of whatever word you want to bring into your world. So if I wake up and I say energy is my word, then that's the word that I'm going to go after all day long. I want to create energy. I want to give energy. I want to seek energy. So a word of the day. I like that one for a wellness tip. What do you think? I love that. That can be so powerful. You know, um, one thing that I noticed as a somewhat cluttered person, it can be easy to lose focus. And so having that one word, almost like a mantra can help me to stay focused on what's most important and not all of the other 3000 things on my to-do list. Yeah. Absolutely. Yes. Because I have a very active brain and so do you. And it's hard for us, people like us to shut down our brain, which is why we go and we teach about wellness. <laughs> yes. Because we are a work in progress. So mm -hmm. um, do you have any other tips that you want to share? Anything that um, we because you've got so many, I feel like we could do this forever. We could, you know, just in keeping with what you had mentioned about, you know, having so many things on the mind and having such an active mind, meditation is one of the tools that I love to put into my wellness bucket. And it's, I'll be honest, it's a hard thing for me to practice because I tend to think of meditation as being very still in the body and clearing the mind. And I don't know about you, but my body and mind just don't naturally do that. So it's a practice for me when I meditate of, of using a word, like maybe my word of the day, or using a physical anchor, like focusing on my breathing and setting an alarm for maybe one minute. 
to mm-hmm. meditate, to just simply focus on that word of the day or my breath, or, you know, maybe just looking at a spot in front of me that's not moving and helping my mind to focus on something else. One of my favorite ways to talk about meditation is if I were to say, don't think of an elephant, you know, what does your mind automatically do? It pictures an elephant. It might even think about a time when you, you know, got to see an elephant or, you know, Babar, the children's book series all about elephants. You know, we naturally think about whatever we're telling it not to think about. And so meditation, rather than saying, don't think about anything, meditation can be focus on this one thing. And it gives the mind a little bit of a break. Yeah. I love that. Um, You know, Stephen Hayes used that in in a therapy called acceptance and commitment therapy. He talks about, you know, don't think about the red truck. And I used to talk about that in when I taught uh, sports psychology is that when you teach athletes about concentration, if you tell yourself not to think about something, it is the very one thing you think about because you're thinking about not thinking about it. So um, meditation Mm -hmm. is just allowing those thoughts to come in. And and it's absolutely true. You know, it's interesting because when I did take that, that, um, meditation course through UMass, um, I found myself with these 45 minute full body scans getting agitated. And I mean, agitated, like I'm embarrassed to admit, but I'm telling you all, I got agitated and I had to finally sit with that and say, you know, Hey, guess what? If I'm, if what's coming up is agitation, then I need to pay attention to that. And it was, it was a highly stressful time in my life. So naturally what the emotions that were coming up were really, really uncomfortable emotions. I don't normally live in an agitated, um, upset, angry world. And so those were hard emotions for me. I was like, no, I want to be happy. So I think that meditation gives us a chance to pay attention to what's coming up and and not run from it. Well, thank you. Thank you so much for sharing that because I think it's so relevant to, to all of us as humans. And um, I'll just, I'll put this out there. You know, I had a great well-being wellness routine that worked really well for me. And then something in my life happened that prevented me from doing what helped me to stay well. And I think it can be really easy for us as humans to narrow in and focus on on what we're used to. We love routines. Our brain loves routines. We as humans love our routines. And so I think it's so important to learn new ways to practice wellness before we need them. And that's why I love this smorgasbord of wellness tips because, you know, someone listening might try, you know, one and like it, might try another and it's not a great fit right now. And I just encourage you, whoever's listening to, Um, to put these in your arsenal and to use them as needed. There might be times when it works really well to do a meditation. And there might be times when you really need to just get the body moving and take a walk. And um, it's so important to, to practice and learn these tips before we need them. I started mindfulness, you know, much like you, Angie, during a really difficult period of my life. I was in graduate school. I was very stressed out. And, you know, life was just really full and really busy. And that was a really challenging time for me to start my mindfulness practice. I'd signed up for an eight week session and it was 90 minutes once a week. And I was so bad 
at mindfulness. You know, it really, <laughs> you just <laughs> judged yourself. <laughs> me. I did, but that's what, you know, at that time when I was learning this new skill and this new practice, um, at a very busy, stressful time in my life. Yes. I noticed the agitation. I noticed my frustration. I noticed all of these negative feelings and I judged myself for it. And I came to a conclusion. I don't need this in my life. I'm not good at it. I'm getting more stressed out. (laughs) And so it was really a long process for me of, you know, getting familiar with mindfulness and it, it just prompted me to think of my own start with mindfulness. Um, sometimes there are difficult or negative emotions that come up and, um, and that's okay. Now, mm-hmm. looking back on it, I can say when those do come up now, I've been practicing for years. When those come up now, I can handle them completely differently. But when I first started, it was like very, very difficult. Right. Absolutely. And we're trained and conditioned in our society to run from uncomfortable emotions. I mean, we Mm -hmm. grow up being told to stop crying or, you know, get over it or whatever. So some of those messages get internalized and we start believing that we need to run from negative or discomfort or uncomfortable emotions. But again, Mallory Miller or Mallory Miller, sorry, that is my daughter's name. I cannot believe I just said that. Dr. Mallory Fox, because, you know, where's my brain right now? So Dr. Mallory Fox, we are talking about a sport of wellness. Who am I? And, uh, you know, that's one of the things, one of the last tips I'm going to leave you with is laugh, you know, find reasons to laugh. If you have to listen to comedy central or your favorite comedian, find reasons to laugh, because I tell you what, I love to laugh. I love to find the dumbest things that make me laugh. I love to look for excuses to laugh and I love to smile. And those two things really go a long way between that and me talking to myself. I'm kind of a hot mess when I walk around my house. <laughs> Well, if you can't be a hot mess at home, (laughs) I think that's lovely. Um, You know, just even laughing right now, it it relieves some tension. I get a little nervous when I speak in public, so it helped me feel less nervous. Laughing is such a beautiful tool to help with um, wellness and a happy life. Yeah, I think so too. Mm -hmm. So you know what, Mallory Fox, thank you so much for being on. Thank you for talking about the smorgasbord of wellness. Thank you for joining me. Thanks to all of our NASM and AFA audience for coming to um, listen in on this podcast. We hope to see you at Optima because I know that Mallory and I are both speaking at Optima. I'm talking about emotional intelligence and I'm doing a movement workshop with small balls and bands. What are you doing, Mallory? I happen to be teaching a workshop on wellness. So this is such a timely discussion. Um, I found I was a fitness manager um, for several years at 24 hour fitness. And I found that a lot of trainers will put their clients needs and, and other people's needs above their own. So the workshop is titled but first self care. And there will be several exercises uh, that trainers will get to practice and also a template to create their own self-care routine, well-being, wellness routine. And my other workshop is called um, Assisted Stretching and the Ethics of Touch. So assisted stretching is really popular and there are also some scenarios that can be uncomfortable with assisted stretching. So we'll be going over how to navigate those. 
All right. Well, you know what? Hopefully we'll see all of you at Optima. And you know what? Hopefully we'll see all of you soon live and in person. So Dr. Mallory Fox, thank you again. Thanks to all of you. And I can't wait to see you next week. Have a good one. Mm -hmm.